Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your ways. We know that they are good, yet we don't always follow the way that we should. Please strengthen us now. Help us to be humble before you as we think about the difference between our ways and your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So during communion today, we talked about remembering. The all-knowing God chooses not to remember our sins. Isn't that good news? Isn't that wonderful news? For those of us who know Jesus as Savior and Lord, our God deals with us in mercy and loving kindness and goodness. And it is such a wonderful message for us. How should we respond? Well, my sermon today is about this idea of two paths. Jesus so very clearly told us about the two paths in Matthew 7. He, he talked about the, the two roads, or that word could also be translated as ways or paths. One of them, the broad way, is the one that leads to destruction, and the other one, the narrow way, is the one that leads to life. And in the psalm that we're going to look at today, Psalm 25, we see a distinction between those two ways. In verse 7, which we looked at during communion, King David asked God not to remember him according to his rebellious ways. And let's just be honest with ourselves. We've all had that. You know, I'm, I'm guessing that every one of us, our rebellion story looked a little bit different. But the one thing that's the same about it is that we all had rebellious ways and we used to walk in them. In Psalm 25, what David is asking God to do instead of remembering his rebellious ways David was asking God to show me your ways. And that's the title of my sermon today, Show Me Your Ways. It can be all too easy for us to pick our own way in life. And maybe for some of us it goes like this, that maybe we, we at first, when we were first coming to know God, that we thought that we needed his guidance, but maybe now that we've been walking with him for a while, maybe we've told ourselves, and, and perhaps unintentionally told ourselves, but maybe we've told ourselves that we don't need his guidance as much. I want to use an illustration here. Um, the illustration is from my time in Turkey. I go there a lot, but I think about it a lot. And You can think about just for yourself, what it would be like to go into a completely foreign environment. And for me, the way this worked was I, was, I, I went to Turkey with a team of six, and I'd never been there before, but two of the people, two of the girls on our team had been there before. And, and they brought my roommate, and I was living with one guy, and the, the girls brought my roommate and I to our apartment and said, this is where you're going to be living for the year. And it was late at night, and they said, we'll come back and we'll show you some things tomorrow. So I, I went to sleep there, woke up the next morning, and I thought, boy, I hope the girls come, because I, I'm going to need to figure out food. Where do I go? How do I get around? All these things. And unfortunately, they did show up, and they brought us to a restaurant. Good. Okay, at least I know one place where I can eat. And they showed us another restaurant, and they showed us a grocery store, and they taught us how to get on a bus. And just think about all these all these foreign things that you have to figure out just to get around in life. But then as you, as you live there, and, and for, this is true for all of us, wherever we would go, is you, you get to know your way around. You get to figure out these things. You, you figure out, where do I pay my bills? And even, we can think about our lives just right here in Fergus Falls. We think about all the things that you know how to do. If the snow comes, you know how to take care of it. If the bills come, you know how to pay them. You know where to go. To, everybody know where service food is? Just a block away, okay? We can all find a place to get some food if we need it. And for us in life, spiritually speaking, it can get to this point where we think, okay, now I know the basics. Now I, I know how to get around now. But let me say this. Spiritually speaking, 
We will never outgrow our need to be led by God. We, we might, in our pride, think that we don't need to know his ways anymore or that we already know them well enough so that we can just keep ourselves in his ways in our own power. But doesn't that sound ridiculous as we say it that way? That we could in our own power keep ourselves in his ways? It can be so easy for us to, to forget about seeking God. The, uh, the sermon series that we're doing here is entitled Praising God in Every Season of Life. And um, the idea here is that wherever we are, our eyes should constantly be looking up to God. We, we should constantly recognize our need for him. And then the sermon today, my big idea, is that one way that we praise God is to seek his ways. So the idea here is that we should be humble followers of Christ, recognizing our constant need to be led by God, because we will constantly be tempted to go back to our old ways. And when you think about our old ways, how easy is it to live according to our old ways? We don't really need to seek anything in order to follow our, our old ways. It's so easy, it comes naturally for us. But that's not the path that leads to life. So what I want to do in my sermon today is we're going to look at Psalm 25, verses 4 through 12, and take a look at this idea of what it means for us to seek God in His ways, remembering again that it's so easy for us to follow our own rebellious ways. I, I love the pattern that we see from King David here. There's a lot of context we could look at in Psalm 25, and I'm not going to get into all that. Like I said, I'm trying to have a little bit shorter sermon today. So, but I, I love what we see in verse 1 where David said, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And you think about King David, I'm guessing that by this point in his life, he'd figured out a thing or two about life. He, he, he knew how to reign as king. He knew how to eat his food. He just had the servants bring it to him. But yet, think about King David saying to God, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And then in verse 5c, he said, my hope is in you all day long. That word hope can also mean wait. And it's interesting, as we seek God's ways, one of the things that we need to do is, is we need to hope in him, and that hope includes waiting sometimes. Have you ever noticed that, that sometimes when you seek the Lord, the answer doesn't always come right away? That's where hope and waiting comes in. And it's actually one of the ways that we praise the Lord is that we recognize, God, even as I'm waiting right now and I don't know what to do, I look to you because I recognize that you are the one who leads me. So I, I love this pattern from King David here. Even as he acknowledged his old rebellious ways, that he looked up to the Lord and said, my hope is in you all day long. Now what about you? I bet we all struggle with this. I bet every single one of us here struggles with this idea that we all have our own hopes and dreams and plans. It's so easy for us to come up with our own way. And it can be so difficult for us to lay that down before God and say, show me your ways. Am I, am I right? I bet every single one of us is tempted on this, probably even on a daily basis. That there's this struggle between my ways and God's ways the ways I would choose for myself, and the ways that God would reveal to me. They're not always the same. And if we're honest with ourselves, we feel that struggle within us as we seek to follow God. So that's why my sermon is entitled today, Show Me Your Ways. It's this humility that I want us to have as we recognize our need to be led by God. So what I want to do here with the rest of my sermon is walk through Psalm 25, verses 4 through 12, although we've already looked at verses 6, 7, and 11 in communion. 
And then I want to highlight in this passage this idea of seeking God's ways. And like I said, my big idea here is one way that we praise God is to seek his ways. So Psalm 25, verses 4 through 12. King David writes, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. So first here, let's take a quick glance at, at the phrases in here that talk about God's ways or God's paths. Okay, so just um, look at your, whether it's in your bulletin or in your Bible here, I'm just going to kind of rapid fire here. Verse 4a, show me your ways, O Lord. Verse 4b, teach me your paths. Verse 8b, he instructs sinners in his ways. Verse 9b, and teaches them his way. Verse 10a, all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. And then verse 12b, he will instruct him in the way chosen for him. I think this is so important, again, in light of what Jesus said, there are two ways, one that leads to destruction and one that leads to life. It's so important that we recognize that God has a way for us. Although it's also important, as we remember, we think about verse 7, our rebellious ways. So again, that's, that's the contrast here. Now, how do we do this? How do we seek God's way? How can we live a life that's intent on seeking God? Well, I think Psalm 25 is really helpful on this. And there's four different words now that I want to point out to you that come up here in verses 4 through 12. There, some of them are actually repeated, so they show up in here eight different times. I'll just walk you through the four different words here. In verse 4a, it says, Show me your ways, O Lord. And then in 4b, it says, Teach me your path. And then in 5a, Guide me in your truth. And then in 8b, He instructs sinners in His ways. And let me just mention that one really quickly. Isn't it interesting that God instructs sinners? Why would God do that? Why would God instruct sinners? What does it teach us about the heart of God? That he, he sees us on our rebellious ways and he loves us so much that he wants to correct us, to instruct us, to give us what we need that we might turn and repent and follow his ways. Again, it's a, the amazing heart of God for us to be with him on his path. So take a look at these four words together. Show, teach, guide, instructs. These are words that are written by a man who is intent on learning from God. These aren't words of somebody who's casually going about his own way in life. These are the words of somebody who is serious about learning God's ways. Somebody who desires God to lead him. Somebody who recognizes that God's ways are better than our ways. We might think that our way leads to life or to satisfaction or to pleasure or to enjoyment. And for a time we might think we find some of those things but I love this pattern here in Psalm 25 where King David is asking God, begging God, you could say, to show and teach and guide and instruct. And I want you to consider, where are you at in this? What's the pattern of your life been? Even just recently, or even just think about this week, 
Have you been going about your own business just assuming that you can get through life according to your ways? Or have you eagerly been seeking God, trusting that his ways are best? Have you been coming before God and saying, God, show me your ways. I need to know your ways. And then what I want to do now with the rest of my sermon is I want to show you three ways in which we can seek God's ways. If we're going to be those people who say, show me your ways, O Lord, how do we do that? How do we live that out? So, three ways that we can seek God's ways. Number one is in his word. What we're doing here is we're reading God's word to learn from him. So, the, the idea, like, the word God's word doesn't necessarily show up right here, but we're reading God's word, and that's one of the ways that we seek God's ways, is to listen, to humble ourselves before God's word. We see how God shows and teaches and guides and instructs us, and we know that he does so according to the truth of his word. So if we're going to be serious about getting to know God's ways, then we should also be serious about getting to know God's word. But if you haven't realized, the Bible is a thick book. So what's it going to take on our part? It's going to take some commitment. It's going to take... And, and uh, hearing something once is enough to remember it forever, right? No. <laughs> so it's going to take some repetition. And this, all of a sudden you think about this thick book and getting to know it means going through it repeatedly, that is going to take a whole lot of effort on our part. And it's interesting to think about how when we're rescued from that old way of life, it's a free gift, that mercy, that loving kindness, that goodness of God, it's a free gift to bring us into new life. But what are we supposed to do from there? In Philippians 2, it talks about how we work out our salvation. So there is, Christian, please know, there is a place for works. It's not in earning your salvation, because we could never do that, but it is in walking by faith with God. We put work, we put effort into getting to know his ways and to getting to know his word. Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. If we're going to grow physically, we need food. If we're going to grow spiritually, we need spiritual food, and God has given it to that in written form. We have the privilege of having his word before us. So application question, are you in the habit of listening to God's word? And oftentimes I say here, this isn't just reading God's word. This is meeting with God in his word. This isn't just sitting at church on Sunday and hearing a sermon. It's listening to God's word so that you can hear from him. The Holy Spirit does a wonderful work in our hearts. Are you good at listening to the Holy Spirit as he guides you on God's ways? It's one way that we seek God is by seeking his word and letting his word have its rightful place in our hearts and in our lives. Then a second way that we seek God's ways is with humility. In verse 9 it says, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. In our pride we could easily go our own way. So easy to do that. But in humility we recognize that God's way is better and we come before him and we ask him to lead us. And again, so often in life we are faced with this struggle. Is it going to be my way or is it going to be God's way? Even think about what you're going to do with the rest of your day today. I bet probably every one of us has a plan with what we'd like to do with the rest of our day today. Have you laid it before God though and said, God, is this your way? Have you come before God already today and said, God, show me your ways so that I know what to do? Now that's humbling for me because I don't always do that. Like I said, we, we know how to get around a little bit by now. That's why we need this reminder of this humility to say, God, I need you to lead me. And, and here's where the wonderful promise comes in, is that God guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. 
So, in humility, we would say, God, show me your way. In our pride, we'd go our own way. I like how the theologian Tremper Longman talked about this battle of humility and pride. He said, pride stands in the way of instruction. Humility makes a person open to listening to God. Those who think they know it all will not listen to correction, but the humble will allow themselves to be guided. Prideful people pick their own path. Humble people listen to God. They do the hard work of seeking God. Think about how much harder it is to seek God's ways than it is to just go your own way. So application question here, are you a humble person? Do you regularly come before God and say, God, what do you want? When is the last time you did that? Just sat before the Lord and said, okay, God, everything about me, what do you want? Have your way. So that's the second way that we can seek God's ways is with humility. And then a third way that we can seek God's ways is in the fear of the Lord. In the fear of the Lord. Verse 12 says, Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. I, I think this, and I, and I know this because I've asked some pastors, but even a lot of pastors struggle to describe the fear of the Lord. So pop quiz, how would you do it? How would you describe the fear of the Lord? Most people start off with worship, and, and that's a good part of the answer. Although some people think that it's like the same, like fear and worship are the exact same thing, I would say that worship is part of what it means to fear the Lord. So it's a good place to start. In, in, in the fear of the Lord, we recognize that God is worthy of worship, so we humble ourselves before him, and we give him the worship that he deserves. But that's not the whole story of it. So again, I ask you, how would you describe the fear of the Lord? People ask, what, should we be scared of him? Well, I like to think of it this way. God is the one who makes the rules. He has told us what is good and what is evil. You can think of the line that is drawn. God is perfect. He only ever does what is good and right. And he's told us what's on the other side of that line, what's, what's evil, what's wicked, what's unrighteous. And then we think about God is also the judge. So God has drawn the line, and as we think about our lives, and we think about all the things that we've done, we see how many times we've crossed that line. In fact, the, the Bible has a word for that. One of the words for sin in the Bible is a word that's sometimes translated as transgression, or you could also think about trespass. When somebody puts a sign that says, no trespassing, what do they mean? Do they mean, come on over if you'd like? <laughs> or do they mean, do not cross this line? Now think about the line that God has drawn and think about how often we have trespassed and crossed that line. And then think about the fact that God is judge. And it says in the Bible that God opposes the proud. I think about it as battle lines sometimes. God has, God has told us where the line is. We know which side God is on. And God says he opposes the proud. Here's where the fear of the Lord comes in. We think about the line being drawn and in the fear of the Lord we should say, God, I don't want to be on the wrong side of you. I recognize that you're the one who punishes. In fact, I was just reading earlier, I think I can find this. Um, I like to read Psalms in the mornings, and I was reading this where it says, um, your hand will lay hold on all your enemies. Your right hand will seize your foes. At the time of your appearing, you will make them like a fiery furnace. In his wrath, the Lord will swallow them up, and his fire will consume them. That's what God does to his enemies. Now, as we think about the fear of the Lord should, and the line that God has drawn, should we say, oh, it doesn't matter? which side of the line I'm on. There's forgiveness, right? Should we say that? Or should we say, God, I do not want to offend you. Now, I'm not trying to be legalistic about this. 
I'm saying there's a, a healthy fear of the Lord here in which we recognize how good God is and how good it is to be with Him, but we also recognize how bad it would be to be His enemy. A verse that's really helped me with this is Exodus 20.20. 20. It's easy to remember, 2020, it gives you, you know, perfect vision. I think that this verse helps me understand the fear of the Lord and how we should see the Lord. It, the context is God had just given the Ten Commandments to his people, and then Moses tells us a little bit about why. Exodus 20:20, 20, 20, Moses says, Do not be afraid, God has come to test you, so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. I find that really helpful. A proper fear of the Lord will help to keep us from sinning. When we recognize who God is and how perfect he is and how he is the judge, we should recognize that we do not want to be set opposed to him. Now, praise the Lord. There's forgiveness for when we mess up. Romans 8.1, and we can all claim this as believers. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to fear the wrath and the punishment of God. For all of us who have received Jesus as Savior and Lord, we've received forgiveness. Praise the Lord. That part of it has been taken care of. But even still, we should recognize, because the fear of the Lord still shows up in the New Testament, where we recognize that we do not want to offend Him. So what should we do? In the fear of the Lord, we should get to know His ways. We should find out what pleases Him and what does not please Him. And with humility, we should come before Him and say, show me your ways. Lord. In fact, the very title Lord implies that we would submit to him. The word Lord can also mean master. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? There's this, there's this implicit implication in there that when we receive Jesus as Lord, that we would humble ourselves and follow him according to his ways. And what I'm trying to suggest to you today is that it takes some effort on our part, some humility and some fear of the Lord to learn his ways and to act according to his ways. My conclusion, one way that we praise God is to seek his ways. In this sermon series, we're talking about how we can praise God in every season of life, whether that's a joyful season of life or a difficult season of life. And one way that we can praise God in any season of life is to seek his ways and to follow humbly. And that means getting to know God's ways in his word, that means coming humbly before the Lord and recognizing that, that we don't always, always know God's ways and, and we need to humble ourselves and learn His ways. And then third, we do that in the fear of the Lord, recognizing that God is the judge, God is the standard giver, and we seek to learn His ways and to line our lives up according to His ways. So we think there, is there anything that's off in our life? Any, is there any way in which I've been walking with too much pride have I set God's word aside? Have I disregarded God's ways? To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Show me your ways, O Lord. That should be the cry of our heart. And we should do that not just in those major moments of life. I think some Christians get this wrong. I think that some Christians seek God like that only at times, like when you have to make a, a big decision. You notice how good Christians are at seeking God's will when we have a big decision to make? Like, God, show me... You know, what career I should pick, what college I should go to, who I should marry. All of a sudden we get really good at seeking God's ways in those seasons of life. And that's not wrong. That's good. But how good are we at doing that the rest of life? How good are we at humbling ourselves before God and saying, show me your ways. 
Will we be humble enough to seek God like that and then to listen in the fear of the Lord to apply what he teaches us? And then as I end here, there's good news when we seek God like this. In the New Testament, Jesus told us what happens when we seek. In Matthew 7, 7 through 8, he said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. But to him who knocks, the door will be opened. I love this about God, that when we seek him with humility, with the fear of the Lord, when we seek to know his word and his ways, he will lead us. He is pleased to reveal his ways to us. Will we humbly seek him? Would you pray with me? Father, we recognize that you lead us in ways that are good. And again, God, we just, we just confess that we have not always sought you the way that we should. That too often we have picked our own ways in rebellion. We've picked what's comfortable or easy or familiar instead of doing the hard work of seeking your ways. And God, we pray that we would humble ourselves before you, that we would lift up our souls to you, and that we would walk in the path that you have for us. Thank you, God, that you lead us like that. Lord, I pray that we would be humble people who regularly say to you, show me your ways, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.